0: One more time. Do the one, bro. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, T.J. Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And welcome to another live edition of the State of the Saints podcast. If you're watching it live, rather you're watching it on Facebook, watching it on YouTube, watching it on Instagram. Thank you so much for your time. Just want to talk a few minutes about the New Orleans Saints and also answer any questions that you may have about the black and gold I want to talk first about an interesting article that I just read. I'm looking at it right now. It's talking about three New Orleans Saints primed for a breakout season in 2020. And this is courtesy of whodatdish.com. And it talks about the three players that they feel are primed to have a big season this year. Uh, The three players that they selected was Deontay Harris, Of course, we know the star uh, kick and punt returner, who was a first-team All-Pro on special teams. Uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson, who had a very good rookie campaign, um, really did some great things. And rookie Adam Trotman out of uh, Dayton, the the tight end that everybody has been going absolutely crazy about, and I'm one of those people. So uh, do I feel like these three guys are going to have a prime season? Uh, To answer your question, I I feel like all three of these guys are really going to have a big season. And I feel like they're going to have to have a big season if the New Orleans Saints are going to be successful. Um, I look at somebody like Deontay Harris. Um, Deontay Harris, uh, he started off at just being a kick returner and a punt returner. And he did some really great things. I mean, changing and shifting the field. I can think about one particular game against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, He really shined in that game. I mean, he really stepped it up, and he did an outstanding job, Uh, you know, just running the ball back, shifting the field. Also, like on some of those uh, wide receiver screen plays, Uh, he's a really small guy, but he's extremely elusive, and I feel like he's going to take a huge jump from year one to year two, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why someone like a Tegan Jr., Ended up being expendable because you look at uh, Deontay Harris, a young guy who can fly just like Tegan Jr. came and he can catch. You know, we seen the big time play that he had uh, when Taysom Hill threw him that 55 yard pass in the playoffs. I think that Deontay Harris has all the tools that you need to be a star in the NFL. Um, a lot of people are comparing him to Tyreek Hill as far as his skill set because Tyreek Hill was kind of similar to the same skill set. As Deontay Harris, when he first came into the league, he was a speedy guy that was extremely elusive that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, used him on special teams. And all of a sudden, now we look at Tyreek Hill as one of the top 10 best wide receivers in the league. Deontay Harris can be one of those guys. So I feel like the Saints uh, gave him a lot of uh, uh, confidence and he instilled a lot of confidence inside of him. And they're going to be looking for him to have a big-time season This year. So I feel like Deontay Harris is definitely one of those guys that is going to have a a big time year. Uh, The next person that they said was C.J. Garner Johnson. Uh, C.J. Garner Johnson is a guy that I like a lot. Um, I think C.J. Garner Johnson is one of those guys that can kind of change the narrative and trying to change the, the culture of the New Orleans Saints defense. I look at this guy. He's a guy that has a lot of swag, a lot of confidence. He's very sure of himself uh he's a guy that's not afraid to make mistakes he's a guy that I love because he actually has football amnesia and not because of concussions or anything like that you know it's because um he understands that he's going to mess up sometimes plays are going to happen I think about that play on fourth and two that George Kittle uh caught the ball and that that allowed the San Francisco 49ers to win the game that post route that he caught the pass it was against CJ Garner Johnson and I can remember the young man And on Monday, when he was talking to the media, he said, hey, man, I'm a rookie. He said, I'm going to make mistakes. But I tell you what, he said, I'm going to learn from this. He said, and I'm going to get better from it. And I I like that answer from him because it shows to me like he doesn't allow one play to define him. He don't let one play uh, mess up his psyche like you'll see from other players. You know, so CJ Garner Johnson is a guy that I'm looking for doing really big things in the same secondary I feel like the Saints are probably going to uh, put him in multiple packages at strong safety as well as in the nickel. And I think he's going to flourish, man. I think in a couple years, we're going to see a C on the chest of C.J. Garner-Johnson. You know, Not because his first name is C.J., it's because I feel like he has all the leadership qualities uh, that you need in order for you to uh, be one of those uh, players that can be like a first-team All-Pro or even like one of those elite players at his position. Um, And another player that they selected was Adam Trotman, the guy out of Dayton, who a lot of people are ranting and raving about. Uh, A lot of people feel like he is the next coming of uh, Rob Gronkowski or George Kittle, and I absolutely agree with him because he is one of those guys that are like a uh, Y-type tight end, a guy that can block, a guy that can catch. He can do everything that a tight end needs to do, and he can stretch the field. And I think with the help of learning under somebody like Jared Cook, as a pass catcher, and learning under someone like Josh Hill, who is a really good blocking tight end, I think you'll have yourself a good recipe for an elite player. I think that you will probably see this guy uh, really uh, you know, imposing his will on a lot of these players in the National Football League. Number one thing that I like about Adam Trotman is the fact that he's not afraid. He's not afraid to go over the middle. He's not afraid to go up and get the ball. He's not afraid to get ugly. He's not afraid to block. Uh, he can help out in the running game. I think that you're going to see an improvement in a running game because he's going to be in the game. I feel like a lot of times the Saints kind of suffered in a running game because Josh Hill had uh, issues being, you know, healthy. You know, I mean, he's been dealing with concussions and stuff like that, and then, you know, he's being nicked up. And even though Josh Hill is one of the best uh, blocking tight ends in the National Football League, he, he does uh, miss games. I feel like uh, Josh Hill... Uh, in the NFC Championship game a couple years ago, he ended up getting knocked out due to a concussion. It really changed the way the Saints had to play the Los Angeles Rams. And even Sean Payton said in his press conference, he said, because Josh Hill was injured, he said, we had to eliminate probably about 50 or 60 plays from our playbook because they, they were beneficial to us. And because of uh, Josh Hill not being in the game, we couldn't use them. So Josh Hill is a guy that can actually uh, teach Adam Trotman, you know, about certain things. And I feel like um, he is going to flourish, man. I feel like this guy has all the tools to be the second coming of Rob Gronkowski. And I know people like laugh at me or they'd be like, whoa. But I'm telling you the truth, man. This guy has like all the tools. The only person that can stop Adam Trotman from being an elite player is Adam Trotman. How bad does he want it? So those three players I can agree with. Um, I think that those guys are going to have uh, breakout seasons. I think these guys are going to have like really uh, great seasons. And another person I feel like is going to have a season, if I can add uh, to this list, is Latavius Murray. Look, Latavius Murray, I don't know what happened last season. It seems to me that uh, Sean Payton just didn't have much confidence in uh, Latavius Murray. It had absolutely nothing to do with Latavius Murray production. If you go back and you look at Latavius Murray in games, Latavius Murray always took advantage of his carries. I think about in week one against the Houston Texans when he only had like a handful of carries, but one of them, I think he took about 25, 30 yards for a touchdown. Um, In the absence of Alvin Kamara in those five games, he averaged 159 yards from scrimmage. You do not um play like that and, and something is wrong with you. I feel like Sean Payton sometimes... He has this allegiance to his guys, you know, the guys that he drafted, the guys that uh, he brought in, uh, he wants them to work so bad, but the guys that they actually get from free agency or the guys that are not considered his guys, they end up suffering because he doesn't allow them to really go out there and and do what they need to do. I think about uh, Adrian Peterson a couple years ago in the week one game against the Minnesota Vikings, the first play. Adrian Peterson had like nine yards on the first play from scrimmage. You know he was going to be highly motivated to get back at his team. But then we didn't see him again till like the third quarter. And he was really ticked off. We know about that uh, classic picture of him yelling at Sean Payton on the sidelines. And, of course, Sean Payton ended up getting rid of him and sending him to Arizona. But I feel like you cannot allow your ego to get into the way of production. You use Latavius Murray, who is a big physical guy. He's six foot one. He's 225 pounds, and he can lean forward and get about three yards. Latavius Murray is a really good running back, and you know I just don't like when people talk about, man, what's wrong with Latavius Murray. Nothing's wrong with Latavius Murray. Go back and watch the games. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Latavius Murray. There's nothing wrong with his production. There's nothing wrong with the way he's running the ball. He's improved tremendously in a pass-catching game. I mean, he has done some great things with the New Orleans Saints, and i just don't feel like Sean Payton use him enough. They depend too much on the passing game. They depend too much on Drew Brees throwing the ball all over the field and they're not afraid and they they're afraid to be patient when it comes to the running game. And i like Alvin Kamara a lot. I think that Alvin Kamara brings a great dynamic and an interesting dynamic to the Saints offense. Of course, we know what he actually does on the field, but i mean that, that's not enough. You know what i'm saying? That's not enough, man. Sometimes, you know, you can't just have these uh, these screen plays. So sometimes you just can't just think that Alvin Kamara is just going to get loose. Sometimes you need to get that sledgehammer in there. So I just feel like if they gave Latavius Murray some opportunities, if they gave him the ball a little bit more and the Saints were a little bit more patient in the running game, I think that the New Orleans Saints running game would be successful. This is the year that they're going to have to get it done, man. I'm even um, asking that they – Uh, Bring on Dwayne Washington and have him uh, take some of the carries. You know, I mean, I know this is a pass happy league, and all of these different commercials are coming out talking about this is a quarterback driven league, and um, this is an air raid type league, and people like the long ball, and people like deep routes, and people like balls downfield, man. But bump all that. Look, sometimes we have to understand that the game is about nice flashy plays. I mean, it get us out of seats and it makes us happy, and we do the Benson Boogie with. With an uh, umbrella in our house, you know, but at the end of the day, sometimes it's about time of possession. Sometimes it's about ugly football. Ugly football sometimes wins you football games. I mean, you look at some of these teams that have been successful over the past few years. the Baltimore Ravens, um they were fourteen and two. What did they do really well? It wasn't the fact that they were throwing the football all over the place. they were running the football. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they were throwing a ball all over the field. But when it comes down to it, they had to run the football too. You know what I'm saying? In the playoffs, they were the and for the exception of that Houston Texan game, they were running the football. You look at the uh, the Tennessee Titans, man. What brought them all the way to the AFC Championship last year? It was Derrick Henry running the football. The 49ers. So all this stuff about throwing the football all over the field, I feel like that's becoming passe. That was a brief period where I like to call the Dark Ages in the NFL where it seemed like the running back position wasn't that important because everybody wanted to throw the football and everybody wanted a megatron tight wide receiver. But now you see that even though they're requiring running backs to do a little bit more like catching the ball out of the backfield and maybe run a little bit of wide receiver routes, you still need that running back that is a sledgehammer that can run between the tackles that can control the time of possession. So you need Latavius Murray to do stuff like that. You need Latavius Murray to be implemented in your offense. And I feel like if the Saints don't do that, then this is a recipe for disaster. I mean, we're just going to be basically just doing the same thing year after year. We're going to be watching the Saints put up a whole bunch of points, or we're going to be seeing the Saints go back and forth with teams and, and giving teams opportunity to possess the ball more because we're throwing the football and incomplete passes happen, which causes the clock to stop. And I just don't understand that. So we're going to keep on having these shootouts and we're still going to continuously have blood pressure medication next to us on the couch, or we're going to be continuously having our asthma pump next to us because we're going to, you know, be threatening, you know, to have a a heart attack or asthma attack watching the new Orleans saints play. The time of possession is key for the new Orleans saints and the new Orleans saints are going to have to run a football and they're definitely going to have to commit to the run with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, and even Dwayne Washington to get them over the hump. I think it's time. But uh, that's my opening statement. I know it was a, la- a tad bit lengthy, but um, I had to talk a little bit about that article. Y'all-, y'all can check it out on whodatdish.com. Um, it talks about those three players. Uh, I added Latavius Murray to the mix because that's somebody that I feel uh, needs to uh, step it up, um, not on because of him, but Sean Payton definitely needs to get this man involved in the running game because He's a really good running back. Um, Shouts out to everybody that just uh, joined the live stream. Uh, Shouts out to Monty uh, Atkins. I see my frat brother, Jamie G, James Sanders. He came up into the room. Kimberly up in here. Uh, Zane, uh, Antonio, thank y'all so much for uh, taking a part in the live, man. So I'm going to go ahead and answer some of your questions and, and read some of your comments that you have here. Uh, Quincy Goods says, our roster is loaded. If we get a consistent spark from Gardner Johnson, we will be a playoff contender. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that, man. I really do. Um, I feel like uh, if you ask C.J. Gardner Johnson, um, you know, and he, and he steps it up from year one to year two, I think you're going to have an interesting dynamic. You know, the best thing about C.J. Gardner Johnson is the fact that when he was at the University of Florida, he was a ball hawk, you know, and not only was he a ball hawk, but he was a guy that can return a pick six. Um, I think the, the 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 reason why you didn't see that last year, for the exception of that uh, that Atlanta Falcons Thanksgiving game, was because he was a rookie, man. And, um, you know, rookies are going to go through growing pains. You know, everybody can't be like Derwin James. Everybody can't be like Darius Leonard. You know, guys that come in and they just hit it like that. You know, sometimes like defenses can be a little bit complex for young players and you know, I mean, when you have a, a playbook the size of the yellow pages and you're expected to know all these formations and these shifts and everything like that, sometimes these young rookie players can be thinking more than reacting. I feel like from year one to year two, you, you get a little bit more reaction out of some of these young players because they understand the playbook and they understand their role as a defensive player. I feel like you're going to see more out of C.J. Gardner-Johnson because, number one, is his confidence has improved. And number two, he knows the playbook. So I think if you get a little bit of uh, more production out of him, combined with the fact under the tutelage of uh, Malcolm Jenkins, who is coming back to the New Orleans Saints, I think you're going to have a recipe for success in the secondary. And I think that you're going to see a lot of guys step it up. Chemistry is not an issue with the New Orleans Saints. The majority of these guys on uh, in the secondary have been with each other since their rookie season. I mean, these guys have been playing together since they were drafted together. So that's not an issue uh, for the New Orleans Saints. The issue is uh, communication is one, and also being extinct of players is the second one. Thank you very much, Quincy. That's a good point. Uh, Keith Lewis says, TJ, what do you think of the possibility of Dak Prescott becoming a future franchise quarterback of the Saints if a deal can't be structured in Dallas? Uh, Keith, thank you very much for your question. Um, first off, the um, only thing I got to say about Dak Prescott is I hope that man get his money. Um, I-, I hope he get his money. I'm not a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. I do not like the Dallas Cowboys. I think their fan base are annoying. They haven't done nothing since 1995. Uh, I feel like you know they don't garner or deserve the the, the attention that they deserve, uh, that they get all these primetime games. I just don't get it. But Dak Prescott deserves his money. You look, uh the Dallas Cowboys over the past few years under uh, Dak Prescott has has been one of the most winningest uh, teams in in the NFL. You know, what I'm saying the Dallas Cowboys have been in playoff contention every single year. He has been one of the winningest quarterbacks uh, in his draft class. So I think this man does deserve his money. Uh, I feel like his agent kind of screwed him a little bit. If you be to be honest with you, I think that uh his agent was out there just trying to get way too much money i think that they felt like they had too much hand if you will and um jerry jones went out there and got andy dalton and look people can talk about andy dalton all you want to you can say that he played for the cincinnati Bengals. you can say he never won a playoff game but this man won his fair share of games in the regular season and he's not that terrible he's not in my opinion he's not terrible at all i just think that he played for a really struggling franchise And I feel like he played for a team that was mostly defensive dependent and they never really got anybody in there to help him develop. I feel like Andy Dalton kind of just uh, reached his ceiling earlier in his career, but there wasn't that coach that came in there that tried to help him break through that first level that he reached. So I feel like under Mike McCartney, who was a uh, offensive minded coach, I feel like the the Dallas Cowboys can be a playoff contender. But Dak Prescott does deserve his money. And Keith, to answer your question, do I feel like he needs to be a New Orleans Saint? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing Dak Prescott as a New Orleans Saint. But at the same time, I mean, that's not my first pick as the future of the franchise. You know, I would think about somebody that's not in the NFL just yet or even getting somebody like Jameis or Taysom a chance. You know, let's not just go ahead and discredit these guys uh, just because we think we saw what we all we need to see out of Jameis Winston, or we haven't seen much out of Taysom Hill, let's give these guys opportunities and let's give these guys enough rope to, you know what, to themselves. You know, so um, if they go out there, they might perform well. I mean, Jameis Winston may turn a corner. Uh, I-, I looked at something a couple weeks ago. Um, I was looking at Jameis Winston stats. Jameis Winston stats weren't that different from Drew Brees' stats when he was playing for the San Diego Chargers. So you never know, man, what a player can turn out to be. I mean, sometimes it can be coaching. Sometimes it can be between the ears. But let's give these guys opportunity to see if they actually are starting quarterbacks in the league. And if they're not, then we can go in a different direction. We can talk about Dak Prescott or we can talk about another young rookie that's coming into the league. But right now, I feel like the Saints have the best position at quarterback. Not only do they have a number one or a number two, they even got a number three quarterback and i don't feel like there'll be much of a drop-off in between any of them you know when it comes to winning games because the saints are really that deep at uh you know that position uh let's see let's throw down a little bit uh tj adam trotman has a lot of upswing he's still young at that position yeah bobby uh, shouts out to my guy bobby cross um look bobby uh, i feel like he has a lot of upswing um, I feel like uh, he's going to be a really good tight end. Might not see it in year one. I think you're going to see promise in year one, but in year two, I think this guy's going to be absolutely unstoppable. I think he's going to be mentioned among some of the greatest—not well, the greatest tight end, but some of the great tight ends in the league. You know, I, I really feel that way. But it's really up to him, the type of player that he wants to be. Uh, I mean there's so many other players that came into the NFL with so much upside and so much promise that we can think of but didn't live up to the hype or the potential so um, I think that he has what it takes and um, you know until he proves otherwise then I'm going to say he's going to be a really good tight end yes I agree we need to be more of a balanced team yeah I mean it's 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 time Ricky uh shouts out to Ricky Smith for that comment it's time, Ricky. You know, it's time for us to really start to step it up and be serious. You know, um, as a Saints fan, you know, I mean, I've seen my fair share of heartbreak. You know, I've been a Saints fan my whole entire life. I think since I was about four years old, I can remember and understand what the Saints were actually doing and what football was all about. I didn't see my fair share of heartbreak. But, you know, this heartbreak is a little bit different from the heartbreak of old. You know, back in the days, the Saints weren't that good and you didn't expect for them to win the game. Uh, so when they actually won the game, you were happy, you know, and excited about it. But you knew that they weren't that good. So if they was to lose a game, you really didn't feel as bad. You know, what makes being a Saints fan tough these days is the fact that the Saints are just as good as any other team in the league. Like they're, they're one of the best teams in the league. They're top three. And to watch them like wet the bed year after year, time after time, play after play, moment after moment, it really just takes its toll on you and really makes you frustrated every time you watch them because you know when you're watching a Super Bowl or if you're watching an NFC championship or you're watching a team make deep runs into the playoffs and the Saints are sitting at home, you're wondering to yourself, like, why is it that this team can't get over the hump? Why is it that this team being so good, uh, winning 13 games uh, for the last two years, cannot make it to the big game? Why are they sitting up there struggling when they jump off to like two touchdown leads at home and, and stuff like that? You know, you wonder to yourself, like, why in the world is this happening? And you want it to stop. Hopefully, the one thing that will help it to stop is the fact that Sean Payton understands that he needs to run the football. Look, Cesar Ruiz coming to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, combine him with Eric McCoy and, and Ryan Ramcheck and Andrews Pete and, and, and uh, Armstead. Look, you got you got guys that can actually block. And you need to use these guys, man. You look at Armstead, one of the highest paid left tackles. You look at Andrews Pete uh being one of the, the, the highest paid uh guards, you look at Ryan Ramcheck, who's about to be one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid, right tackle. It's time for you to start running the football, man. I do not want to see Drew Brees throwing the football 35, 40 times in the game. And if Drew Brees is throwing the ball 35, 40 times in the game, I think that Sean Payton is not calling a good game. You know, that's just my opinion. You're not committing to the run, or you just don't want to uh, allow those ugly yards to happen. And as long as Sean Payton have that type of mind frame, as long as Sean Payton just allows himself to uh, get in his own way, We're going to continue to have the same issues, but I'm just kind of tired of watching this team be as good as they are with the bid year after year. So they're going to have to commit to the run. They're going to have to control the time of possession. And as Saints fans, man, we're going to have to understand that maybe we're going to have to sacrifice uh, some points that we will be normally getting around this time. Like maybe averaging 32, 33 points a game, like, oh, they'll have to average like 23 or 24 points a game. And I have absolutely no problem with that at all. If that means that a win is going to come behind it. Hughes pickup is Jenkins. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Ralph. Adonis Tucker said, I don't like Dallas either. Uh, Ralph says, Winston is better than Dalton. Winston deserves a chance. Roger that. Thanks, who that? Uh, I think Zach Bond will make an immediate impact in the linebacker core uh, started by week three. Dexter, that's a good point. Um, I'm not gonna sit up here and say that I'm a, you know, I'm just a professional and I know everything about Zach Bond. Um, I had to really read up on this kid and just kind of get some information on him. Uh, I, from what I see, he's a guy that can put his hand on the ground. Uh, and he's also a guy that can actually, you know, uh, play you know, as a linebacker, he's a guy that can tackle. You can go sideline to sidelines, and you don't have too much worry about him um, guarding the tight end or the running backs. Uh, this is a smart guy. He's a smart player, man. I think one of the main issues why he dropped in the draft was there was this uh, injury I think he had during a um, during combine that they found or something like that. They felt like it was going to be, uh you were going to hurt him later on down the line. He was going to require him to have surgery or something like that. But they got that cleared up, but he fell to the New Orleans Saints, man. This was a lucky pick for the Saints. I know we were uh, all up in arms because they didn't draft Patrick Queen and they didn't get Kenneth Murray. I know we were frustrated about that, but um, if you look at pro football focus, this guy ranked higher than both of those guys at the linebacker position because not only can he run sideline to sideline like these guys, he can put his hand on the ground unlike those guys. So I feel like Zach Barn probably is going to take him a while to transition due to the fact of the pandemic. Uh, you have to deal with that. Um, chemistry is key. And also, you know, uh, you know repetition. I feel like, you know, he probably start off a little slow. But when he starts to uh, develop and he starts to understand the playbook, I think you're going to see this guy uh, play a little bit better. I don't expect for him to come in week one being a starter. Uh, but I think that you're going to slowly, gradually see him going to the rotation once he familiarized himself with the playbook. But good point, Dexter. Thank you so much, man. Timothy says, Joe Buck already confirmed no fans will be in attendance this year. We just waited on the NFL announcement. Uh, Timothy Riley, thank you very much. Nice first name, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Joe Buck already confirmed it. Uh, yeah, Joe Buck, I think i seen an article. I think it was USA Today. They were saying like the first couple games as of right now probably won't have fans and they're even thinking about uh pulling a Atlanta Falcon or what I like to call that team uh type method of piping in the crowd noise, okay? Uh, um the that team wouldn't have no issue with that because they already know how to do that. They're professionals. They've been doing it 5 years strong. But I digress. Um look, I don't care, you know, I look, what I w- would like to be at the game absolutely, but I want the Saints to win a football game. You know, like I haven't been to a Saints game in a long time. You know, I watch the Saints games on television. And, uh, you know, I understand, like, you want to be in a crowd, you want to chill on a home team. We like the don't feel advantage or we like what that brings. We like that mystique. But i rather the Saints actually win the game. And uh, I don't care how they win. They can win by a field goal. They can win by a block punt. They can win by a long pass, a long run, a one-yard run. I really don't care, as long as they win the game. You know, do I think that the crowd plays a factor in these games? Yes. You know, crowd noise is important. It disrupts the the offense, you know, when they're on the field. It helps uh, empower the defense when they're on the field. But, you know, if that means that they don't play without fans because of this pandemic, I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, I'd rather them not play with fans to not have football at all. That's, that's the point I'm at. I love myself some football. I hate that we rarely even have some sports right now. I think UFC, they had a fight over this past weekend, and I think they had baseball and career, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, I need a little bit more than that. I need football, man. I need football in my life. You know, I love football. I like watching football on Saturdays. I like watching football on Sundays. I like breaking it down. I like interacting with you all after and before games. And I just want to be able to uh, cheer for the home team, man. That's what I want. So if that means that I have to cheer for the home team, watching them on television versus being uh, at the game, then I'm all for that. I have no problem with that. But I'd rather have that than not have football at all. Man, shouts out to my big brother, Papa Bell Drum, man. Shouts out to Drum, one of the best high school offensive linemen ever you know what i'm saying if you were playing for the saints i think we would have been straight <laughs> i remember when i was like in ninth grade he's a couple years uh older than i am he's my brother's best friend when i was in ninth grade he was in 12th grade i remember us being at practice in my ninth grade yeah i played running back and i remember like when i used to be you know running a football i used to grab him by the jersey by the back <laughs> and be running behind him and then when he makes his, uh his first block, man, I just shoot out, man. So, shouts out to drum, man, by God. Uh, Bobby Cross says, I remember when Archie Manning was drafted. Man, Bobby, that's a long time, man. I think you and my grandmother would have a lot to talk about. and <laughs> hey, man, but shouts out to Bobby, man. Bobby, man, they send people your uh, Instagram, man, so they can check out some of the music that you put out. Bobby Cross creates his own music. Uh, great musical artist man y'all make sure y'all check him out hopefully he put his information down on instagram so y'all can check him out uh earl brock says we need to win tj yeah we definitely need to win now uh, earl i I take that back man let me let me uh kind of change up your your comment there we don't need to win we need to win big games you know what i'm saying like we win we win games okay we just don't win big games games where it matter games what that matters most that's what we need to do uh Kenneth gordon says do you think the saints will try to trade sheldon rankins the answer to that question is no i don't see the saints uh trading sheldon rankins i see rather two things are going to happen this year this is a proven year for sheldon rankins okay this is a proven year for him uh i feel like you know the issue is not that sheldon rankins can't play sheldon rankins is one of the most athletic defensive tackles that you're ever going to find Sheldon Rankins can be one of the best defensive tackles in football. I remember that year before he tore his Achilles, he had his best season. I think he had like six sacks, and he was like up there with the Aaron Donalds and the the, uh, Fletcher Cox of the world. But he ended up getting hurt in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles, ironically, against a Fletcher Cox Philadelphia Eagles team. And, I mean, he's been dealing with the injury bug since then. And we all know that the best ability is what? availability you have to be available teams have to be able to count on you no matter how great of a player you are no matter how much promise you have you have to be on the field to show that play and show that promise you know I think about a couple of years ago a player that I, have, I had a lot of respect for and a guy I used to love watching he played for the Indianapolis Colts his name was Bob Sanders now some of you probably know who Bob Sanders is he was a good safety man a thumper a hard hitter a guy that wasn't afraid to put his head in and make a play, wasn't afraid to jump over the pile to get to the quarterback, Tasmanian Devil on the field. But one thing about Bob Sanders, man, he could not stay healthy. When he was on the field, he was one of the best. And if he wouldn't have got hurt, he would have been one of the best. But once again, the best ability is availability. No matter how good Sheldon Rankins is, no matter how much we love the – The Rankin shimmy or the Sheldon shimmy, no matter. You know what I'm saying? If we're not seeing that enough, then out of sight, out of mind. And we all know that the NFL is about results and what have you done for me lately. So if he hasn't done anything lately, I mean, we're going to have to say goodbye to Sheldon Rankins. But this is a proving year for Sheldon, man. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I hope that he actually plays really good. I hope that him, along with his representation, can negotiate a contract because You already have David Amiamata, and I would love to have Sheldon Rankins on the other side of David Amiamata for years to come. But Sheldon Rankins is going to have to meet us halfway, and he's going to have to continue to play. But I I love Sheldon Rankin, man. I love Sheldon Rankins. He's an incredible player, and I think he's really good. And it's going to hurt me to see him go somewhere else because I think if he gets that injury issue um, together, I think we're going to be looking at him like, dang, man, we let him go. I mean if you're going to have a podcast you should uh people correct info, uh, correct information and have your information about people right uh let me see and have information about people right nor give people the wrong information uh I don't understand what you meant by that I'm thinking that there was a was there a follow up Jerry You said, if I mean if you're going to have a podcast, you should give people correct information and have your information about people right, nor give people the wrong information. I think I give pretty correct information, you know. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, a lot of people, like, nitpick with people, you know, when they do podcasts. Instead of them saying, one, it should have been two, or, you know, it it went left, it should have been right. Look, I understand where it comes to territory, man. Look, I'm not mad at anybody, you know, for making comments or whatever, but understand this, man, I've been a Saints fan my whole life, I take this very, very seriously, um, if you don't think that I'm giving correct information, man, then you can find another podcast to go to, you know, I hate to say it like that, but, uh, that's just the way that I feel, now, I would encourage you, if you feel like I'm not doing, you know, a good podcast, why don't you start one, And then you can give people, like, great information and and build your podcast up instead of, you know, finding time to try to tear minds down. Uh, When is the best time to sign Kamara? I think the time is now, Mark. Uh, I think that uh, it's time for them to go ahead and sign him. I think that's the reason why they end up getting rid of Larry Warford. Um, Larry Warford would have got $7.7 million uh, if he would have stayed with the New Orleans Saints. That frees up $7.7 million uh, for him to – for them to play with. And one thing that they can actually do is try to sign out for Kamara, Ryan Ramchek, or even, um, Lattimore in the off season. But I think they're going to sign Kamara. I think they're going to try to get it done. Uh, I don't see no issues why, um, they shouldn't get it done. Uh, so I think this is going to happen probably by the beginning of the season. I want to sign Clay Matthews ASAP. Uh, symbol, of I know sometimes, uh, we look at players and we look at names, and we look at the person's, you know, jersey, and we we look at the name when they're on the free agent market, and we say, man, we need to sign that guy, we need to get that guy, we need to go after that guy. But you know, time has passed, and sometimes like those players get used up by the franchises they come from, and they're not the same player they once was. You know, I like Clay Matthews a lot. You know, when he played for the Green Bay Packers, I mean, he was an All Pro. Uh, he was a force to be reckoned with. He was a machine. But you have to see that his, his career is gradually starting to uh, slow down just a tad bit. And you may not get the Green Bay Packers style Clay Matthews. You know, you might end up getting a Clay Matthews that is not uh, what we thought that it were going to be. You know, I'm not comparing these two guys, uh, but um, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, Lauren Naitis. You know, I'm thinking about when Lauren Naitis came from the Rams. I think about when Lauren Naitis was a linebacker for the Rams, he was a guy that was sideline to sidelines he was tackling everybody but you know he ended up getting hurt and getting nicked up along the way before him signing with the saints and the saints basically got damaged goods look i like clay matthews a lot but i'm i I think we all can agree he's not the clay matthews he was when he was in his youth playing for the green bay packers and i think we got to get away from that you know namesake uh and, and and falling in love with names when they're on the free agent list you know, sometimes like we look at those players and we look at their names but we're not looking at their production leading for them to be released or leading up to them to uh being cut. Uh me me personally, I looked at Clay Matthews play last season and yeah, he was a uh, pre- putting pressure on a quarterback, but when it came to like being in coverage and stuff like that, he was a liability. So, um that was something that you did not see for the Green Bay Packers and you saw it with the Los Angeles Rams. So, hopefully um, he can find somewhere to go, but I, I, I'm, if I'm a Saints fan, which I am, um, and I was with the Saints organization, I definitely, you know, wouldn't be just trying to, uh, you know, move hell and high water to try to get him. If he's still on the street, and maybe somebody end up getting hurt, and you need depth, then why not? You can bring somebody in that knows the game, that can be a leader, and you know, possibly make a play or two. I would rather see the lowest points and double the time of possession. I agree with that, Bobby. Who do you want to pick up next with the war for cap space? Honestly, um, Keith, I, I honestly don't want to pick up anybody. I feel like the Saints are ready to rock and roll with the team they actually have. Look, the team that the Saints have put together is the team they had last year, and I feel like it's going to work in their advantage because of what we're going through right now in the world. I say that on every podcast I've done for the past two weeks because it's true. You know, the one thing that is going to help a lot of teams earlier in the season is going to be chemistry, man. You know, it's going to take some time for some of these teams that just got put together. It's going to take them a couple of weeks, might even take them about a month and a half. And and you think about a month and a half, that's about six games, you know what I'm saying, that's been played before these teams start to develop chemistry. You have to take into account no OTAs. No mini camp, no rookie mini camp, no training camp, or a little bit of training camp in a, in a very few preseason games. You combine that with the fact that the, some of these teams are brand new, it's going to be tough for them. But the Saints, uh, they already have one thing that's working in their favor. They have chemistry. I mean, you have Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, that dynamic. And then you had Jared Cook and Drew Brees. I mean, these guys can get up out of bed and be able to finish each other's sentences and be on the same page. That's going to help you uh, offensively. And then you have the defense uh, coming back together uh, for the exception of a few pieces. These guys have chemistry. These guys know each other like the back of their hands and they understand each other's tendencies. That is going to be beneficial uh, at the beginning of the season. And then you look back, even though the Saints have an early bye, um, that can be a recipe for, you know, a four and oh, a five and oh, you know, you never know. So um, let's remember that. So sometimes it's, You know, I understand that people feel like we need this piece here, this piece there, but um, you got to take into account, even though you're signing these guys, these guys are not with each other. Um, They can't interact with each other. They can't be around each other. The most they can possibly do is have a Zoom meeting or some type of virtual meeting and and then get to know each other, you know. So chemistry is important, uh, especially in a game of football. You think they need to consider bringing apple back yeah i think they do um i think that you do need to consider bringing eli apple back uh, i think that yeah, he will be uh, beneficial to the team um look i think that it will help him um now that he doesn't have as much responsibility as being the second corner for the new orleans saints the saints already have jack rabbit jenkins they have him for a couple years. So you don't have to worry about being a, the second guy. I feel like a guy like Eli Apple puts a lot of pressure on himself. And I think sometimes, like, when, you, when you're when you one of those guys that, that kind of crack under pressure, the more pressure that's put on you, you don't perform. So if he comes back to the Saints knowing that he's not the guy, he's not the number two, he can just be in a rotation, I feel like that'll kind of, you know, help him. And I think that he'll play much better. And then you have other guys that'll be able to, you know, to wrap their arms around him and also support him and i think that he'll be better in the nickel because he's a bigger guy and i think that he'll be able to uh be a little bit more physical with the smaller wide receivers that are lined up in the slot so i think that that will help them and i think that new orleans saints would uh be a little bit of a better secondary with him i'm not going to go ahead and bash him and talk bad about him like most people did uh did he uh Leave a lot to be desired last season yeah I, I think we all can agree to that but did he play so awful to a point where we like get this bum up out of here Nah, i can't say that man for the exception of you know a few games that i've seen after he went down that chicago bears game you have to say that eli apple probably played some of his best football at the cornerback position of his career good views on the saints from the hood at nation Uh, from Mechanicsville, Virginia. Man, shouts out to Mechanicsville, Virginia. Uh, Thank you so much for checking out uh, the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate that. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Papa Bell Drum, my guy, says, if Sean Payton continue to have bad play, calling, and uh, critical points of the game, do you think he should hand the play calling to someone else? Uh, That's a good question, Drum. Um, To be honest with you, um, look, I feel like this, man, if you hand the the call sheet off to uh, Pete Carmichael, you just handed the sheet off to Sean Payton. I I said this a couple weeks ago. I feel like the New Orleans Saints have too many people that are just alike in this organization. They have too many of the same type of chefs in the kitchen, you know what I'm saying, cooking. You know, I I feel like Pete Carmichael is just going to uh, agree with everything Sean Payton says. He's not going to uh, run... Uh, a game any differently from Sean Payton. It's not like Sean Payton is pass happy and Pete Carmichael is run happy. It's not even like that. Uh, I feel like Pete Carmichael is a guy that uh, has been, honestly, been making his reputation and and building a reputation for for no good reason. You know what I'm saying? Like he has done absolutely nothing to deserve uh, to be talked about as being a head coach or being a guy that's next in line. He's a guy that's been benefit, you know, been benefiting off Sean Payton's offense for years and a good player, Drew Brees. Uh, I feel like the New Orleans Saints need to get someone else as an offensive coordinator. Not that I'm just completely discrediting Pete Carmichael. I'm pretty sure he brings something to the table, but I, I fail to believe that if Sean Payton says, we're going to run this type of play, he's going to stand up in a meeting and say, Sean, I don't think that's a good idea because this team was ranked, uh, I don't know, second to last and run defense i think we need to run the football a little bit more i don't see that from p carmichael i see p carmichael uh you know saying hey man coach payton needs some juicy fruit uh, he needs about two packs because he choose uh one pack in the first half and another pack in the second half that's the way i look at him you need somebody that's up in there as a rogue a guy that's uh you know that's been around uh, probably a young guy youthful energy inside of the room that can question and also uh compete with Sean Payton, you know, to say, man, this play right here needs to be good. This play right here needs to be implemented. I don't think we need to use this play. As long as you have the same type of guys in the room, you're going to have the same type of problem. So you can take the play calling away from Sean Payton, but you're still going to have a Sean Payton-type disciple calling play. So I don't feel, I don't see that going to be much of a difference. Takiyah was my guy. Uh, but stayed injured. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, Kakaha. Uh, I guess you're talking about Lo- Halei uh, Kakaha. Yeah, he was good, but couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. Don't let negativity stop you. I'm enjoying your podcast, and I really need this podcast in my life because uh, I love the Saints. Man, I-, I don't let negativity get to me. You know, I- I have- I'd have i be lying to you if I said at one point you know, I, I didn't let, you know what I'm saying? I did let, well, at one point I did let negativity get to me. I did, you know, I, I was like letting people, you know, say certain things, but you know, the more I think about it, I just feel like when people see that you're happy and you're doing something that you love to do, and then you, you see people like supporting you and, and showing love and support, you know, sometimes people get angry at that stuff because maybe they look at themselves and say, I wish I had that type of support or, I wish that, you know, I can do this, you know, but man, I'm not trying to tear anybody down, man. I love everybody, even a brother that uh, that made the comment. You know, I I got love for him, you know, because I feel like, you know, it had to be something inside of you to take time out your schedule to really like try to put that negative energy into the air. I don't know if it's something that you feel like need, for me, need to be uh, something I need to do, or if it's something within yourself that you need to work on, man, but, I don't. It don't matter to me, man. It can't stop my drive. I love what I'm doing. You know, I love what I'm doing, and I appreciate everybody that that tuned into this podcast and everybody that does. Kind of like Champ Bailey, absolutely, James. That's a good point, Champ Bailey. Um, another big name, Adrian Peterson was another big name. Um, man, you know, you can't just fall in love with the names. Uh, you got to understand production matters. Uh, you missed my question on about the signing of Lo. Saint signing Logan Ryan. Oh. oh what was your question though? I'm I'm I apologize. Hold on let me type something man. Uh are you asking should the Saint sign Logan Ryan? You can ask your you can ask your question again. I didn't I didn't i I'm sorry I skipped your question, my brother. If you can ask it again, I I'll answer it. So I don't know if you talking about the Saint signing Logan Ryan or Uh, Did they sign Logan Ryan? I I don't know. But I I will talk about Logan Ryan. I think he's a a really good player. I think he has a lot of talent. But, you know, a young player with a lot of talent, a lot of promise, that equals a lot of money. So I don't feel like the Saints have that money. You got to pay those guys. So you cannot uh, put all your money on this player with a lot of promise, and then you end up, like, losing two, three important pieces of your team. So – even though I like Logan Ryan, you got to be smart about um, the money situation, man. You got to pay these other guys. Uh, who do you think would be a good slot receiver, a number three receiver? Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris uh, would be a good slot receiver. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see his development. But I think that Deontay Harris is going to jump in front of Traquan Smith this season. That's just my personal opinion. Uh because number one, I feel like he' gonna get better, and number two, he' not afraid. Do you think Emmanuel Sanders will fit in with the chemistry without any mini camps? Uh, it probably gonna take him some time to do, uh, but I think that he's gonna end up uh, he's gonna end up gelling with the team. I think that he he he'll, he'll be okay, and I'm interested to see how Sean Payton gonna use him. Man, I mean, he can do so many things. I mean, I think y'all go back. If you go back to that San Francisco 49ers game and you watch like some of the plays that he did, I mean, he was throwing the football. He was doing reverses. I mean, he was doing all type of different things. So I'm just interested to see how Emmanuel Sanders is going to work with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, no Apple. Man, I have to disagree with that. Uh, if it came down to signing Eli Apple or signing P.J. Williams, I'm rolling with Eli Apple. I mean, even though they signed P.J. Williams, What do you think about signing Austin Carr again? Uh, We see little production from these wide receivers. What are we doing with Emmanuel Butler, Lil Jordan Humphreys, and Kershawn Hogan? Um, Let us see. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with those guys. Uh, Emmanuel Butler, I think that he has too much of an upside for the Saints to just wash their hands with him. Um, I think you're going to see him on the field. Uh, As far as Lil Jordan Humphreys, uh, Kershawn Hogan, those guys might be on the bubble. Because I see guys like Jawan Johnson and uh, Marquise Calloway probably going to be the guys that's probably going to be in, on the practice squad. The reason why they signed Austin Carr, one, because the team understands him. He understands the team. It's the chemistry aspect of the thing. Um, this this uh, signing by no means means that he made the team. That just means that he can go into camp and try to get himself a job. Now, this don't mean that you know they ain't going to cut him. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm pretty sure that the deal that he got is probably like a you know, you got to show me something type deal. I don't think that it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? It solidifies me and gives me a spot. Like, I, I don't feel that way. So I think it all depends on what he actually does in uh, in camp, you know, or what he does in preseason. But I don't think that it's uh, something like, oh, man, you're you're on the team. Congratulations. Who that from 985 Hammond, Louisiana? What's going on, Stacy? Thank you very much for checking out the, the live stream. Renaud LaFrance says Andrews Pete needs to get better fast. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he's going to have to get better fast and get better than what he has been. I mean, just signed like a five-year deal. So, I mean, he ain't got nothing but time. The Saints actually see something in him. They must think that he got a lot of promise to commit to him like that. What do you think about the Saints signing him? Oh, okay. But Kirkland, he's talking about Logan Ryan. Like I said, man, I just feel like that's that's a bad idea. You got too many guys that you need to pay, my brother. Um, he's a good talent. Would he be able to bring something to the team? Yes, but I mean, I feel like that's a luxury uh, spend right there. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay these other guys. I'd rather pay Ramchek, Lattimore, Williams, and, and, um, and uh, Kamara than to pay Logan Ryan. I think if we sign any players... It would be for competition in camp. Yeah, basically. It's just for depth, man. You know, get guys riled up, uh, have guys competing. I think the Saints know who they're going to bring uh, and who' going to be a part of that 53 uh, this year. Who that from the 601? Man, what's going on, Raymond? Thank you so much. Yeah, but uh, those are all the questions that I saw, man. Thank y'all so much for submitting your questions. I appreciate that. Thank y'all for the love and the support that y'all show uh the podcast. Thank you all so much. I, I really do appreciate that. Um and if you have any more questions, man, you can always inbox me. Um uh, I probably, you know I, I probably won't uh use some of your some of your questions today, but I mean I'm always looking for interesting topics to talk about and if people ask me questions but I try to do my best to try to answer them. So Thank you all so much i really do appreciate that man thank you all for the positive energy man i hope everybody's having a good day hope everybody's having a productive day i hope you're safe um i hope that your families are safe and uh you know like we say i don't know what this season is going to hold as far as like fans being in the crowd or anything like that but i'm looking forward to a good season by the new orleans saints uh some things they're going to have to clean up some uh, some habits they're going to have to break if they're going to be able to break through and try to make their way to the Super Bowl. It's going to be a, it's going to be tough, man. This is a tough NFC South, but I do think that the New Orleans Saints are still the best team in the division uh, from a chemistry standpoint and also from a team standpoint. So, looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to uh, making more videos for you all. And if you don't know, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Also, Facebook.com, where you're uh, viewing this right now, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Facebook.com, search State of the Saints podcast. Uh, If you have not already, please uh, follow and like the page and uh, also inbox me your questions or comments or anything like that that you have. I really look forward to hearing from you. And, you know, like I said, have a great and productive day or evening or night, wherever you're looking at this uh, podcast. Till next time, all I got to say is,